to a pleasure podcast for more from our sex podcast collective visit pleasurepodcasts.com thanks for tuning in sluts and scholars is a sex positive shame-free educational podcast where we try to help you talk smart and fuck smarter while we love to give advice and resources please note that this podcast or any emails from us are not intended to be therapy or a replacement for therapy Welcome to another month of Sluts and Scholars. Remember, this season we are doing new themes each month, and November's theme is sex and culture. We will highlight some of the many ways that sex fits into our broader experiences, relationships, and life. We'll be covering topics around social values, spirituality, music, psychedelics, and more. This week features Dr. Tara of the Love Bites podcast. We talk about her personal experiences with psilocybin and ayahuasca and how plant medicine has been healing and life-changing for her. Remember, we are not your therapists or doctors, and that in many states, these medicines are not legal unless accessed through specific, research-approved, or religious channels. Since recording this episode, the laws have already continued to change. As of last week, Colorado voters have approved Proposition 122, a ballot initiative that will decriminalize and regulate certain psychedelics, including psilocybin. For more info on psychedelic-assisted therapies, plant medicine, and the path to decriminalization and legalization, check out MAPS, the Multidisciplinary Association for Psychedelic Studies, John Hopkins Center for Psychedelic and Consciousness Research, and the Ancestor Project. Now to the episode. Welcome back to another week of Sluts and Scholars. I'm Nicoletta Heidegger, and I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist and sexologist. And this week, I am excited to welcome Dr. Tara. She is a sexual communication and relationship expert and coach who is turning people across the globe onto their own sexuality. Through her podcast, Love Bites, her booming social media presence, media features, and speaking opportunities, Dr. Tara helps people of all genders and backgrounds safely discuss their sex lives with integrity. With her PhD in human communication and certificate from the famous Kinsey Institute, Dr. Tara is uniquely positioned to help her clients and followers gain clarity around their relationships, take steps to achieve their sex and relationship goals, and overall lead more intimate and passionate lives. Dr. Tara's expertise has been featured in things like Cosmo and so many other things, so definitely check out all of her media outlets. Um, And she currently lives in Los Angeles with her partner, where she also works as a tenured professor at California State University Fullerton. And her book, Sexual Communication, Research in Action is going to be published in this next coming month, August 2022. Yeah. Is that still is that still happening? Yes, it is. Got to get it ready for the fall students. <laughs> um, wait, tell me about the book before we dive into anything else. Yeah, hell yeah. And I mean, thanks for having me, Slabs and Scholars. I'm like, I'm both. Please have me on. <laughs> yes, I know. That's why when I saw you, I was like, kindred spirit. This is perfect. I am a bloody scholar. Have me on, please. Um, so the book is uh, formatted in a way that's like a textbook. It's formatted like a textbook, but it's written in a very uh, easy to digest way. So I would say it's not like a traditional textbook. And our mm-hmm. cover is a woman having an orgasm. So I mean, it's not like a traditional textbook. Uh, it's a sexual communication textbook. So it revolves around communication uh, and sex from 
childhood and then your sexual debut and then first sexual encounter and then uh, go into like communication before sex, during sex, after sex, and then communication surrounding sex and technology, communication surrounding sex and media, and then like sex and social media. And it also goes into the dark side of sex and communication, um, like sexual assault um, and all those things. Also like, you know, history of things like institutional things like Title IX. Um, so mm. yeah, from like very micro to macro view of how sex and communication are intertwined and it's all like kind of based yeah. on research. So we call it research in action. That's awesome. Congratulations. Yeah. That's a big undertaking. Thank you so much. It took two years, uh, but I have co-authors. I have amazing co-authors and we, it's finally done and we will be offering it for our fall semester, uh, students. Oh, so we are going to talk today mostly about sex and psychedelics. But before we dive into that, just since this is Sluts and Scholars, um, I would love to hear like how you've been received in academia, um, because there are a lot of institutions in academia that like are not okay with like sex heavy content. Mm -hmm. And so I wonder like how you've managed to work that for yourself and any like barriers that you've come up against in order to have like comprehensive sexuality classes. Yeah, uh, I would love to sh like, I mean, shout out to my department for, you know, not only accepting, but supporting this class. I mean, you know, they are saying, let's make this general education. So it's yeah. like, it's huge. I can't just take all the credit. Like it's, I get huge support from my department, from my school. Yeah. Um, but for me, like when I submit like a conference paper and get accepted and go present at conference, I try to be very different from other academic presentations. I treat it mm -hmm. like a TED talk. So I'm mm -hmm. like, it, this is 10 minutes. I'm going to walk around. I'm going to tell a story. I'm not going to yeah. go by like intro, lit review, methods, results, discussion, right? Um, so I keep pushing boundaries. Like I've been pushing this, you know, uh, more like risque presentation at conferences, boundaries mm -hmm. uh, for the last like five years. But I'm going to have to be honest. The fact that I am now tenured yeah. helps a lot. It makes me feel very certain about my position, like in the academic world. And now mm -hmm. I can really, you know, verbally educate in ways that I would say my first year or second year as an assistant professor did not have the courage to do. Yeah. So it's like working to slowly to like push the boundaries of like being more personable and more fun sexually in research conferences. And now that I'm tenured, oh, I'm like this everywhere. I mean, you know, like in my class, I talk about how like deep throat can be like a spiritual experience. And my students are like, what? And they yeah, just, I'm going to need you to, I'm going to need you to say more about that too. Yes. After you finish this thought. <laughs> they just love it. Cause it's like, oh my God, finally a class that I'm not falling asleep you know and it yeah. shows in my soqs a uh, student review like at the end of the semester it shows so i think yeah. no one has given me negative feedback at work because my work shows really positive feedback from students and mm -hmm. you, it's undeniable that people need this my students need this you know Gen Z is like people in their early 20s, teenagers, they, they need this. So yeah, the yeah. book you're describing should be a requirement for all freshmen everywhere, in my <laughs> opinion. As or a spiritual even <laughs> yes. 
if you ever need someone else to come in and talk about Deep Throat as a spiritual journey, let me know and I will yes. happily come <laughs> come support well, now you. Now I know that, I will be booking you for fall. <laughs> yeah, I'm... I love doing that. That's one of my favorite things is to to guest lecture for for students because it's because a lot of times this is their only class mm-hmm. talking about this stuff. Um, but before we get into more psychedelic stuff, let's talk about deep throat as a spiritual experience a little more. <laughs> s- s- say a little more about that. <laughs> I love it. I love that you're curious. You're a curious lover. I see. Um, so for me, when I started my spiritual. Um, awakening journey, which was about five years ago, I was always uh, doing traditional mindfulness practices like journaling, breath work, meditation. Mm -hmm. And I consistently do them every day until like I still do. But what I found when I suck my partner's dick, like, you know, before my spiritual awakening, I hated blowjobs because I felt like I was being used and especially mm. when my boyfriend like pushes my head I'm like uh-uh uh-uh no pushing my head you know yeah. I do this willfully to please you so like don't push my head so my attitude used to be so different but after my spiritual journey and like kind of learning how much you know being into something begets yeah. more pleasure I shifted my perspective and now, well, also my current partner, we've been together a couple of years. Like I'm super into him. I'm obsessed with him. Like I, I will, we have the best sex of my life and I've had sex with lots of people. TikTok, my TikTok is blowing up and people love, oh, guys love asking like, what's your number? You know, like, uh, you're split. What's yeah, your what's number? number? Like, 5,000. <laughs> what's yours? You know, I know. Yeah, I was like, I don't know, 500 people, I stopped counting. But my partner... I, I prefer, yeah, I prefer looking at, like, the, the quality, you know? Yeah, what's the, what's yeah. been the quality? Yeah, but uh, TikTok, different story. Um, but but also, partner, what what's the rule that if you do things, you become an expert if you do 10,000 hours of something? <laughs> so, like, we need at least 10,000 hours to be expert in this. So this is, this is not just being a slut. This is science, you know? Thank you. Uh, that's a real, that's a real for me. I'm going to post this on TikTok. Do you see a therapist <laughs> is saying this? Like I am valid. Thank you. <laughs> so yeah. for me, when I shifted my perspective, like, oh, it's not about like a job. It's not a blow job. It's not a job. It's not like, eh, I'm giving this person pleasure. It's like uh, co-creation. This is my a- meditation. This my is dick my meditation. meditation. I, I dick meditation. Dick dictation <laughs> well, uh, there's a there's a better word there we'll think is of it. something in there uh but i get in a trance like i get in a flow state and i get super into it and i'm like mm, um, mm, and and then i like go in really deep and it goes into my throat and then i cough a little because you know gag reflexes uh and to me this process is a connection between me and him his penis which is a huge part of his identity is inside, huge part yeah it's inside my throat it's inside my throat chakra like my yes, body yeah. a, a very much like an activation chakra for me because i'm a professor i profess i speak right so when his penis is inside my throat it feels like we are sharing a spiritual connection so mm-hmm. to me deep throating is very spiritual 
Yeah, and and there's science to this too. So even if you're listening and you're like, oh, the woo woo, I don't believe in mm-hmm. chakras or whatever, or that's just like Eastern philosophy, you know, whatever. Uh, all, all the things that I think people say in response to stuff like that. Um, there's a lot of like body physiological nervous system research about the stuff that you're saying. So like, if you're curious about it, look up polyvagal theory. You can look up Stephen Porges or Peter Levine, who works in somatic experiencing. And basically, they talk about how like different toning, like vagus nerve toning, vocal toning can help, you know, shift your nervous system. So when you're talking about that, like dick sucking sound of like, oh, you know, there's like, there's something that can be shifting in your actual cellular being and your nervous system when you do that. And it's, yeah, this is this is science. (laughs) You know, there's a lot, there's a lot to be had there. Thank you, Nicoletta. You're just affirming me like constantly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want you to suck more dick. That's what Thank I'm you. here That's Thank what you. I'm here wow, My partner <laughs> is loving you right now. <laughs> um, okay, so let's talk a little more, I guess, about the spiritual journey because I'm guessing psychedelics and stuff fit into that. Um, so yeah, tell me, tell me a little bit about your journey into psychedelics and your experience with some of those things. How did you get into trying that? I have not done um, like mushroom, like therapy in a therapy setting. I would love to. I'd love to do a stronger dose where I'm with a therapist that I trust because my trips are very intense. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think it's just a reflection of who I am. Like I'm a pretty intense person. So uh, my (laughs) trips are intense and I would feel safer if I was to do like, for example, I don't know, like four grams or five grams with a therapist that I like love and trust. So I look forward to that. Um, but just for folks, for folks listening, I'm obviously going to talk about this on the other shows, but like currently in most States, like it is not, Mm -hmm. unless you're doing it in a research capacity, it's not legal. So we're not encouraging you to do illegal stuff. We're not your doctors and all of that, but like yeah, we're talking about some alternative medicines that are showing a lot of promising research out there. Mm-hmm. And it's, um, yeah, I think the hope is that there will be more accessible therapists mm-hmm. to help guide the experience. So for right now, for listeners out there, most of the experiences are um, folks who do integration work, which means that the therapist is is not going to prescribe or give you the drugs, um, but they are going to maybe help you integrate what you learned from your trip or your experience. Mm -hmm. Exactly. And I love that you said that that's necessary. (laughs) Um, uh, It's annoying. I hate that. Honestly, I hate that I have to like say something. I mean, I want to educate, but I hate that I have to say it. Yeah. Yeah. And even with my clients, often they ask me questions about it and I want to be able to have open dialogues and have a, uh, like a risk reduction, a harm reduction approach with them. Um, but yeah, I feel limited by my license sometimes, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I also highly recommend every listener to watch How to Change Your Mind on Netflix. Uh, there's an episode on psilocybin. And read the book. Oh, and read the book. There's an episode on psilocybin, mescaline, MDMA. Uh, I mean, very easy to watch and very interesting. Lots of scientific evidence. Uh, just a great show. Yeah, I highly recommend that. So my personal journey, um, I started with dabbling in mushrooms. Uh, I started with, you know, like, um, like chocolate mushroom. And it would be a very, very small dose, like 0.1, yeah. 0.2, 0.25. And I would get really good feeling. 
you know, like people that microdose, they microdose because it can't for them, it like substitutes the other things for them, right? That's personal choice, but uh, it substitutes like other kind of medicine. Um, and they would feel really good in a day. And uh, I started by doing that. Um, my partner was sharing with me his personal mushroom practice, which is to uh, take about 1.5 to 2 grams, which is sizable dose, and then um, go walk in a park or in nature to spend time in nature. So we started doing that when we started dating. Um, mm. And, and so were, you, he, were you afraid? Were you excited? Like what had stopped you from maybe trying before? Yeah. So the person, the, my, my previous partner was also a very like medicine person was very into shrooms and ayahuasca and all of that. So, mm -hmm. uh, when I was with him, I, I already started to learn about this world. But when I back then, I was not ready. And now in retrospect, I think I was not ready because I just started my spiritual journey. I started meditating, mm -hmm. journaling. I would say I did not know myself very well. Five prior to five years ago, I, I didn't know myself very well. I was in grad school. I was just kind of going on a hamster wheel, a hamster wheel. Um, and I, I, I don't know, I went through life with a lot of, you know, happiness and positivity, sometimes toxic positivity. Uh, mm -hmm. But I was that kind of person. I was the person that's like, eh, I don't like this woo woo shit. I, yeah. I, think <laughs> I, I have never believed uh, in like tarot cards or crystals or, and I always make fun of people like that. I'm like, Oh my God. Like, Oh, oh man, I have got, I, I do love my crystals. <laughs> yeah. I, now, I do. now I have crystals everywhere. I want to show you, but, uh, yeah, I, I was. That well, what shifted, what shifted for you to, to become more spiritual? Cause it's, it's also really inspiring that you maintain a daily practice, which I think is so valuable for like self-worth of like, I, keep this practice for myself and I do it daily. Yeah. It makes me feel really good about myself on like inside. So what shifted for me that was very clear was my first mushroom journey. So again, like before that I was already doing mushrooms, but microdose. So I was never like on a trip. Like I would, mm -hmm. I didn't really have like a, a journey, but the first time that I did 1.5 or 1.75, I like, had a full journey, four hours of journey. Mm -hmm. And this journey was huge for me. It, I mean, speaking about it, I get goosebumps because <sighs> this journey showed me, I don't know shit. Mm. And the person I was, or my ego, that was like, oh, that's like fucking woo woo. Like, I'm not going to do that. You know, uh, I don't believe that if it's not like testable, I don't believe it. Uh, that journey changed the way I used to believe. It changed wow. my belief system because mm -hmm. in that journey, I was able to experience so many things in such a short amount of time. It was four yeah. hours. I swear it felt like four days. 
Yeah, yeah. totally. <laughs> when I came out of it, I was like, holy shit. Like, I mean, I what was- What year is it? <laughs> yeah, I was done. I was like, I was exhausted, but in a good way. But yeah, it was a really, it felt really long. And then I, I got to experience my past. I got to experience little Tara with my mom. I got to like, just, just so many things. And then there were just parts where I'm just seeing like shapes and colors without any meaning. Um, it's just like a full trip. And afterwards I'm like, wow, there are so many things in the world. I don't know. So mm. it was a very humbling experience and it changed my whole, it changed like my paradigm, how I exist, how I believe in things. It sounds like it brought you into like more of a curious mindset. Yeah, exactly. That's a great word. I was now like so much more curious than before. Before I would say I was more like, you know, um, I'm, uh, what's the word? Like skeptical, like skeptical and slightly narrow minded. Uh, and after that I was like, holy shit, now I'm curious about everything. Mm -hmm. So, um, this was, and you know, I was doing like a little mushroom here and there, um, and really just feeling really good about trying ayahuasca. <laughs> um, have you tried ayahuasca? I have not. Okay. So my, my first thought with ayahuasca was, so my ex loved ayahuasca. My current partner also loves ayahuasca. So I'm like, what is, you know, what's the, what's this thing? Like, you know, everyone that I know that has done it loves the experience, whether or not it was super difficult, super shitty. They loved it at the end. Yeah. Very meaningful. I got to try it. So I went to, um, a retreat place called Sotara in Costa Rica. And I went on a five day retreat, uh, three night ceremony. So this three night ceremony, it was, um, life changing. I would say shroom started my curiosity, but damn, ayahuasca changed my whole life change my life. I am the person I am right now, partially and a big partial, like I would say half of it. And the other half is me doing things, but at least 50% of it is from that experience. Like I wow. am now on this path where I'm like super happy pursuing is because of that. And the three night ceremony, it was really, really difficult. Um, I was at, in a circle with 22 people. Well, it's 22 total, so 21 people and me. And there's people of all kinds of experiences, young people, old people. But what I've seen is majority of the people were there to, to, to heal their trauma. I mean, yeah. there was a guy that like, you know, like uh, lost his young daughter. And like during his trip, he was able to speak to her again and she like forgave him. You know, wow. like it's, it's powerful and healing. So my trip was, uh, was three ceremonies. Um, first and second night were very difficult. A lot of throwing up, a lot of body pain. I would say the second night, my body pain was the worst pain I've ever had in my whole life. Um, and I wanted to tap out. I kept clicking the red light. So everyone gets a red light and you can click if you think it's an emergency. And I kept clicking it and the facilitator is like, you're fine. You're okay. You're okay. We're here, you know, but I literally felt I was going to die. It was, it was painful. I feel like I was hit by a truck. Um, yeah. And did they kind of prepare you for that? Because, uh, you know, for, I've heard different, uh, you know, aspects of this, but I think a lot of people say that it's a real like purging. And so they'll often describe purging 
stuff that does not look human, like purging sounds, purging black goo, purging other things. So it's it feels like you're, yeah, a lot of stuff's coming out. And I think from what I've heard from a lot of folks who have done this this uh, medicine is that the more they try to fight it, the stronger it gets. Mm-hmm. Oh, 100%. And I think that second night, I was fighting it. I'm like, trying to like, oh, like, you know, like, less lessen the pain, but mm-hmm. it, the pain was there. <laughs> and it yeah. was not lessening. Listen up for some advertiser discounts and information. Remember, the more you support the advertisers, the more you support the podcast. As an ADHD person, sometimes I struggle with keeping track of things. This happens a lot with my subscriptions, like forgetting to cancel random subscriptions. The amount of times I've done a subscription ad on through the Apple iTunes store for wanting some dumb new filter or something that I really don't need anymore. Um, Like just looking at my phone right now, did I really download multiple karaoke app subscriptions? Yes, I did. And at the time I needed them, but I probably only need one now. That's why I love using Rocket Money, formerly known as True bill. Get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Do you know how much your subscriptions really cost? Most Americans think they're only spending around 80 bucks a month on subscriptions when the actual total is closer to at least 200. That's right. You could be wasting hundreds of dollars each month on subscriptions that you don't even know about. Rocket Money, formerly called Truebill, takes care of that for me. The app shows all of your subscriptions in one place and then cancels for whatever you don't still want. Rocket Money can even find subscriptions you didn't know that you were paying for, and you might even find out you've been double charged for a subscription. To cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel, and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. So get rid of useless subscriptions with Rocket Money now. Go to rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Seriously, it could save you hundreds of dollars per year. That's rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Cancel your unnecessary subscriptions right now at rocketmoney.com slash S and S. Of course, just make sure you don't cancel this subscription to Sluts and Scholars and subscribe if you haven't already. Now that Rocket Money has helped you save money, invest in your pleasure with Back to the Body. As you know, I am always looking for new ways to connect better with myself, my body, my sexuality, sensuality, and to find new resources for clients and listeners. At Back to the Body, they embrace the complex and all-encompassing nature of sexual desire. Pamela Madsen and her staff of certified Back to the Body method practitioners use their expertise to guide folks through transformative whole body healing journeys that are individually tailored to fit your specific needs. All you have to do is bring your body. They have week-long sensuous retreats for women, private retreats for couples or groups, and shorter events called portals, and even online coaching opportunities. Go to backtothebody.org if you're ready for a whole body healing experience. They have long retreats coming up in New Orleans, Mexico, France, Hawaii, and there's even an intro event happening for women in a few weeks from December 2nd to the 4th in Los Angeles. This non-residential event is for women to ask questions and explore what Back to the Body offers in a safe weekend container. You can witness live demonstrations, receive the art of adoration, experience the lotus lift meditation, enjoy workshops, and more. And there's only a few spots left, so go to backtothebody.org slash events slash permission to secure your spot. 
If you can't make this one, check out their other retreats and awesome offerings. I really feel like Back to the Body retreats have helped change my sex life and given me even more permission and healing and community. So please just give yourself some permission to show up. If you don't identify as a woman, you can even gift it to someone in your life who you think deserves even more pleasure. And if you're not ready to commit, you can even book a free back to the body consultation call. Just go to backtothebody.org to book your free call. This 30 minute call offers professional support on issues involving your intimacy, your body, and your sex life. A back to the body consultation is more than just answering your questions about a retreat, though they can do that. It is a personalized session with a professional sexologist to provide you with the support you need to get clear on your goals around sex and intimacy and to help you define what erotic growing might look like for you. So go to backtothebody.org to sign up for that upcoming portal event or a free call. That's backtothebody.org. Now back to the episode. So after that second night, I, w- I tapped out uh, that later that night when we when I came out of it, I told my facilitators, I'm not doing the third night. I can't. And they were like, oh, no, like it's this, that's not a good idea because it's like cutting a wound open and not stitching it back up. Like you don't want to go back to the real world with like this kind of feeling. So I did the third night and it was the best thing ever. And I learned so many lessons that I'm still learning now. Things are still coming up. And like you said, it's integration. And I have a coach. That's the key. Yeah, I have a coach that helps me integrate some of these knowledge that comes up. So after this... To me, that's the key for all kinds of therapy is I think there's a lot of people who like enjoy their plant medicine or other like drug trip experiences or even just non-psychedelic assisted therapy like when they come see me for a session they're only meeting with me for 50 minutes or two hours a week if you're not if we're not practicing how to integrate that into their life and if they're not actively working to integrate those tools or in the case of like plant medicine if they're not working to integrate those takeaways that's the key. Like you're not going to be able to really take away as much, or you might've had a good experience, but to really like shift things and to really make the most out of the neuroplasticity, you have to do the integration work. Exactly. Uh, I love that you state how important that is because I've seen some friends that continuously go back to do ayahuasca they just can't get enough of that feeling of refresh and change, but then they're not doing what they learn in daily life. So they keep going back to get it. And I'm like, I don't. Yeah. Like it's not going to just fix it for you. No, you have to change yourself. And I, yeah, I have a, an integration coach and I've been working with her and I love it. Uh, my, I would say that that experience, that ayahuasca experience changed my life. Um, and how, like, I would say I was, the person that, you know, oh, always stay positive, you know, positive people are loved, positive people get opportunities. Uh, and mm. I would ignore all my emotions. If you ask, if you don't mind me, that, if you don't mind me asking that, where did you learn that? My parents? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I think we're also taught that as as like women as well, like be a yeah. good hostess, yeah, right? Like, like don't don't be, rock the boat. Listened. Yeah be a good girl, be nice. Mm -hmm. Um, And And now I like to be a good girl, but only if it's with kinky daddy. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Brush my hair. Yeah. So I, I, I was, I had very deep beliefs about being good 
and accomplishing and um, be nice, be positive. So it's so ingrained in me. Where I worked mm-hmm. so hard to get rid of that kind of thinking. So yeah. now I experience all emotions in like full range of emotion and like to the max. And I think um, some of my friends will call me like max dose Tara because I'm just like in your face. I'm max dose Tara because like if I'm upset, <laughs> I'll tell you. I don't think this is fair. I don't like this. I I will like now. I when I feel something, I I mean I regulate it first, but then I will communicate almost immediately um, that mm-hmm. I dislike this. I'm uncomfortable. Here's my like solution. What do you think? Right. So before the Tara before ayahuasca was shoving it in, shoving it in. Be nice. Be positive. People love positive girls. Like you know. And now I'm like, no, fuck that. You know, if you don't feel like if you don't feel like you know spending time with me was worth like putting your phone away or this or that, I'm done. Like I don't I don't need this. I'm living my full yeah my full intention. I would say when I intend to do something, I do them. When I feel something, I feel them. Before I never let myself be angry. Now I'm just when I'm angry, I'm angry. You know, yeah. but it comes and goes so fast too, because I'm, what fat. do you think from the, from the medicine experience maybe helped you take that away? I think it's the pain. Mm. That second night of pain. Um, I was so yeah. angry. I'm like, fuck this shit. Why did I even do this? Like stupid. I'm subjecting yeah. myself to this pain that it literally that time in that moment, it felt like it would never go away. Like, yeah. It's so long. It's five hours of just, holy shit, when is this going away? When is this going away? It just hurts my, every part of my body hurt. Like my toes hurt. Um, yeah. And, but, but it's surrendering. Like it, well, it's not going away. So, so, so I have to name it. It has to be. Yeah. Here. So it has to be like, well, I'm angry that I made this decision. I'm frustrated that I couldn't move my body. I'm, you know, so yeah, I, that, that was the start though. So like, I would say during the ceremony, I wasn't able to process a lot of it, but afterwards with my integration coach, I processed a lot of it and yeah. and inter- interpret it in different ways and give it meaning and um and now it's very powerful to me and I'm a big supporter so if a friend ever asks me about it I said I think you should do it <laughs> like when when he calls for you when she calls for you yeah well, how did you know you were ready and obviously that's different for every person but like when you were deciding to you know journey on some plant medicine like how did you decide you were ready because you said before you felt like maybe you weren't ready or you weren't ready to like receive the takeaways um what made you feel open to receiving my life at the time um lacked passion it was dry it was I was doing a lot of things to substitute for that passion and fire inside me that I so like crave and want. Mm-hmm. But I was doing a lot of partying, a lot of drinking, a lot of shots, a lot of other drugs that are not good for you. Um, and yeah, like, you know, I mean, Coke and drinking, like, give it to me. You know, I'll like go out and party and just, fuck it like but that's not the kind of life that i wanted and you know one time Mm -hmm. i was um 
I was listening to a TED Talk, I think, from Brené Brown about、mm-hmm. was it the TED Talk or was it just another talk? But she was talking about vulnerability, and you know, I don't. I will say, I will say this with like no, you know,、um, I don't believe in everything she says. Like I'm not, you know, like I. Some of the oh man,、I'm、the Brene、like, oh. Brown supporters are gonna come for us. Oh yeah, like feel free, you know. I'm an honest person now. I say anything I feel, so I don't believe in everything、yeah. she says. Um, but there were things that she said about vulnerability and how, like, if you don't show your vulnerability, no one will ever know you need help. And like no one will ever support you because you you come off like strong and happy and confident. It's like oh you're good. You don't need help. You don't need support. So、yeah. vulnerability、uh, is positive in your life because it allows people to see the full spectrum of you and really show up for you when you really needed someone.、Mm-hmm. And I think that kind of talk was like. Holy shit! Like I was not vulnerable, vulnerable. You know, like I was tough. I was like, oh, let's be positive all the time. I hate negative、yeah. people. Like kind of like that. So then after that, I was like, hmm, I'm.、Uh, I feel not supported, but probably because people don't think I need support. And、yeah. also, which is, which that, is interesting I mean, though, because you said in your first night of the journey that you.、Um, You did push the support help button. Yeah, and yeah. And so it sounds—it sounds a little. Con- I mean, I think it's a little tough with some of these things, is because obviously, you in some therapy work, you do need to go through the darkness and the difficult、mm-hmm. feelings to get to the other side. But also, like, how do you know when to stop? And and you want to feel listened to. So it's. I think it's can be a little tricky with that for sure. But I I hear that you were like. Trying to, you know, you you voiced that you like were like I'm done. I don't need this. Yeah, you know? yeah. And the ego inside of me. I mean, I waited a long time before I clicked that red button. Um,、yeah. because the person inside of me is like, no, 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 fuck it, fuck it. I I got this. I、uh, got it. It's fine. It's fine. Yes, that's、yeah. been my, actually interestingly. That's been one of my main takeaways recently. I did a round of ketamine assisted therapy, and I would say my main takeaway was like that I wait too long. Before I would say what I needed, even just a simple thing like having to pee or get a drink of water. Like as soon as I would notice the need or the desire, I would notice. I would be like, "Oh, how long can I tolerate this?"、Um, mm-hmm. Or like, "Oh, it's not. I don't need it that much. Like I could go a little longer."、Mm-hmm. Um, and so I don't know. There's something seems to be something about that that really comes up in some of the plant medicine things is really getting you to like recognize and acknowledge your. Moment to moment, like embodied somatic needs and desires. Have you learned where that's from? The like the the Nicoletta that's like it's okay. Like I'm gonna keep pushing. Like I don't really need this now, even though you did. Have you? Oh well, I think it's the、like, I think it's the same thing that you said. I think it it comes from a, like we're raised in a culture that sort of advocates for that the like no pain no gain sort of approach.、Yeah. If you want to be the if you want to be the best, you have to you know win. You have to do this.、Um, I also think. You know, from family and parents, I think for sometimes in a good way. You know, my parents worked really hard. My dad、uh, immigrated from a from another country and made a, a life for himself here. And I think there's a lot of not listening to themselves because they wanted to create a better life for themselves and for their children. And so I think because of that. And then I also had parents. One was a professional athlete,、um, mm-hmm. and the other was an athlete and also like a businesswoman. And I think just the 
all of the pressure around me to like do good and be the best mixed with just the cultural expectations. I, I think that's where it comes from. Um, and then maybe just being in the field of being used to like, I'm, I'm caretaking, I'm people pleasing, I'm holding space for others. Um, I think can sometimes be a very disembodied experience. Mm -hmm. So I think the thing that's made me a better therapist is to get more embodied for myself. Mm -hmm. Beautiful. Like I can totally see that. Oh my God. Like two athletes, parents. Well, I it's, mean, a, it's a fucking journey as you know. Yeah, like, this is yeah. like, oh, we did, we did the things and now it's all good. It's a, it's a process, you know, it it's always a process. And, and that's the beautiful part too. And it's not just a woo-woo thing to say, because I don't see myself as like, oh my God, I now have the best sex life ever. I can stop and just live this life and do the things I do. And like, no, I will continuously figure out, I will continuously explore, you know, like mm -hmm. there are things I haven't explored. For example, I have never been hung on a suspension. Like I want that, <laughs> you know, like, uh, well, I, we'll talk, we'll talk later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like there are things that I want to explore. Like I will never stop learning. And I just enjoy yeah. the process. I don't, I feel like I don't ever want to get to the destination. I'll just love, like, I'll just love mm. the process. I'll love the journey and just hang yeah. out with cool people like you. I got to love to, I got to learn to love the journey of the puking part as well as just Girl. the fun stuff. <laughs> the puking was I know, but you know what I mean? The, me the metaphor of loving the journey when stuff is like shitty and tough, but and we have to start wrapping up soon, but don't worry listeners. There is a part two that is happening on Dr. Tara's podcast, Love Bites, where we're going to answer some sex questions from the audience. Um, <laughs> but before, before we wrap up, cause I feel like we could talk about this for forever. Uh, and we probably will off the air. Um, any way that doing plant medicine and psychedelic assisted therapy has helped with your sex life? Oh my gosh. It has 100% changed my sex life specifically because the person I was, I faked my orgasms a lot because mm, I wanted that so it's that same, like that same thing. Yeah. It's the same philosophy. Like I wanted people to like me. I want to be, you know, a good girl. Like, so I faked my orgasms a lot. I would pretend like I was coming because I didn't want to take too long. Um, mm -hmm. I didn't let my former partners go down on me because I don't want to be a burden. Um, all of those things. Now I'm like, fuck that. I'm going to sit on this <laughs> yeah. pillow. Yeah, I'm gonna sit on this pillow and you're gonna eat me out for 20 minutes. Like I deserve this, you know. And then I yes. and then I will go Tw on. only only 20 minutes. You deserve more. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but then like uh, also like with orgasms, like I now got rid of that orgasm thing. Sometimes if I can't, we will like you know like penetrate and I'll have like a very orgasmic time. And I always tell people this: I don't need to have an orgasm to have an orgasmic time. So yes. I have a great time. And then like I know if I'm like not kind of getting there because like, somehow my body was tense during that month or whatever um then i'll tell my partner like hey baby like i want you to come inside me like i'm i'm like i'm there you know like i'm done and then yeah. he'll like okay and then he'll work to like adapt like come so which is fine and we now like are on the same understanding of like we don't need that goal all the time you know mm -hmm. like we don't need that all the time i also yeah. communicate if i'm like oh i i need to change the position oh i i want to do docking and i want to put a vibrator in front of me and i want to like do get like a uh, multiple orgasms so before ayahuasca i was not able to say any of these things or even behave this way now fuck that i'm getting some yes I'm mine i get mine first then you get yours uh and uh, <laughs> yeah i would say that 
it has changed, completely changed my sex life. Oh, I love that for you. I'm so glad to hear Thank that. You. And that's, yeah, I, whether it's through Aya or something else or other therapy, like that is the hope of where we will all get to, where we feel like worthy of receiving and deserving of receiving. Oh, okay. I hate that we have to wrap up, but um, check out the second part of this on Dr. Tara's podcast, Love Bites. Um, Dr. Tara, how can people find that and you and all the awesome things that you're doing and buy your book and all the stuff? All my stuff is on my website, lovebites.co, L-U-V-B-I-T-E-S.co. All right. And listeners, again, if you want to follow what I'm doing, I'm on Instagram at Sluts and Scholars, on Twitter at Sluts Scholars. You can listen uh, wherever you get your podcasts. Please don't forget to rate and review. It is very helpful. And check out those advertiser discounts because the more you support them, the more you support the podcast. Thank you so much.